0: the GoldenAgeHard.com podcast. This is episode 45, um, a special Halloween episode The Night of the Living Dead. Uh, You can check out our website www.GoldenAgeHard.com for more information about our podcast and how to find the other episodes. Um, You'll have to bear with us. We just lost an episode so we're both feeling Real bad about that. Or two sad. episodes. Two. two episodes. We did a double actually, episode. Actually, I feel fine, really.
1: I feel terrible. Um,
0: <laughs> we did it. We did hour of the wolf and Mandy. We're gonna record that some other time. Actually, I
1: feel like that benefits us, so we'll probably have more to say about hour of the wolf. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, uh, I think there was a sort of a manic energy that will be hard to recapture.
1: No, I think uh, when I uh, with hour of the wolf or with Mandy, because I'll have that manic energy for back from Mandy again.
0: Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just not a good feeling to record it up. I Think you're recording an episode and i have recorded it.
1: Hey, well, you know, fucking check your tabs, dude. Wait,
0: yeah, well, I, the problem is the laptop. I had my notes open, and I must have been tapping. You know, it's hard because whatever. I don't
1: know.
0: Night of the Living Dead.
1: Yes. This is a
0: this is like a special Halloween type episode. I saw
1: this, which was I which on like a special. I saw the, you know the Fathom Events screening of this movie. Oh, was he in the movie theater?
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. That must be
1: cool. Yeah, I would not rec. I would recommend them if they gave us money. Let's just say I have perhaps enjoyed the Fathom events that I've gone to in the past. Which, I,
0: don't think I've, I've, I went to a Star Trek one. I think they were showing a Star Trek uh, original series episode. I went to one more time.
1: I saw Perfect Blue, what I think was the only one I've seen. Which I which is, if it was more accessible, I would say we should, it's actually it's too modern, though. What
0: is Perfect Blue?
1: It is um, Satoshi Kon's first film. Animated psychological, psychological horror. horror. Yes,
0: 1997.
1: Yeah, interesting. It is, you know. Think it is kind of. Have you seen every scene? Black Swan. I've seen Black Swan. It's kind of like Black Swan.
0: Okay, that uh, movie's also too new. Black Swan. Yes. I can't talk about
1: that. Um, and I say it is like Black Swan because. Famously, or maybe if you know Darren Aronofsky, I think licensed or bought some rights to Perfect Blue or whatever because there's a specific scene in Perfect Blue where the lead character is freaking out in a bathtub mm-hmm. and she like screams underwater. And
0: that is there, the black swan?
1: No, it happens in Wrecking for a Dream. Wrecking for a Dream, Like okay. That is like shot... I mean, you can look at... It takes like five hands to look it up. It's shot for shot like overhead and then an underwater shot of her screaming. And that was intentional? It has to, yeah. It was because it's yeah. lit. It's, it lit, it's it literally the same shot. Okay,
0: interesting.
1: And I and I believe he like licensed it or something. I could see Darren
0: Aronofsky being really into anime. Yeah, He seems like
1: that
0: kind
1: of guy. Well, like, but like, Satoshi Kon is like snob anime. That's fine. Right, he he get the f- good anime. Right, he's he, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't meant to be an insult. No, I'm saying. He seems like he'd be a here. No, and I agree. None of the Living Dead.
1: Right. Like give, me a, like,
0: give me that plot recap.
1: That plot recap. Okay, so... There's a couple. Barbara and... Johnny. They're, they're going brother to visit... Brother and sister. Brother and sister, yes. A, a couple of people, not a couple, not a romantic couple. It's
0: not an incest situation. No. <laughs> Andrew says
1: no to incest. Let's go. More... <laughs> oh, double X. No. <laughs> double X. I just, as the official photo of our, you know, our Twitter feed says Andrew says no to incest. Yep. Everyone knows it. Every time I check the Twitter feed, that's what the little button says.
0: But if you look closely, he's actually crossing his fingers. Anyway, continue with no. Me.
1: Yeah, but in in disapproval, I'm like, it's an X with my finger saying no. So, so
0: he's making a no and there's one of those surface little lines through it. so is it a double negative no thing? it is not okay let's do the, let's do the podcast anyway. come on back to the podcast. Johnny and
1: Barbara they're going to visit their dead dad okay drop some flowers off their mom can't go because she's so fucking old so they have to go okay but then there's some guys and oh shit they're dead guys they're
0: coming to get you Barbara
1: they're coming to I have a lot to say about that line okay about they're coming to get you Barbara I think it's okay we'll get to that later
0: okay
1: they, they do come to get Barbara but Johnny intervenes he gets killed or knocked out we'll get back to Johnny later well
0: he get, he gets killed
1: well, yes but presume we don't know that yet. okay
0: I'm presuming
1: she doesn't have the keys to the car but she kicks it into neutral and rolls down the hill to get away mm-hmm. run into a house where she comes across uh, fuck whatever his name is Ben Ben I, I see oh, I forgot all these people's names this thing is I. it's a weird thing I often a lot of times I will not if I don't talk about things with people like soon enough or read about them soon enough I'll forget all I'll remember everything about the characters like what they look like all their quirks a lot of what they say mm-hmm. but I'll forget all their names
0: well other than Barbara it's, I, I don't think the names are particularly prominent in this movie no because, like I don't think I would have I've seen this movie maybe like five times I don't think I would have known a single name other than Barbara and maybe Johnny right and Johnny's in the movie for like fifty seconds and
1: Barbara says Johnny all the time
0: yeah they're, it's just because like the I like guess because they're coming at you Barbara and also Johnny. They, like you said Barbara says Johnny quite a bit in the
1: anyway so she goes into this house that she thinks is abandoned then a truck comes up and in that truck is ben mm-hmm. barbara's having a bad time she's freaking out she doesn't know what's going on there's a dead body upstairs that's like decomposing or ripped apart ben knows more of what's going on he starts boarding things up what's going on well let me tell you about that it's the living dead and it's night you might say it's the night of the living dead then there's some guys in the, there's a family in the basement the daughter's in a bad way and there's also a couple. This one is an actual couple. This is... It's a <coughs> Andrew seal of approval for this couple?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. As far as I can tell. I don't know their oh, full... familiar. you saying. They're not... As far brothers. as I can tell. I don't know their full familiar relationship. It's...
0: Rib- well, Oh, my God. Yeah. It's weird that you need a special seal of approval. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Please continue.
1: So, they have a bunch of arguments. the The old guy, the old dad wants to stay in the basement. Old dad. Old dad. What's his name? Mr... Harry? Mr.
0: Harry? Harry
1: and Helen. Yeah. Along with daughter of Karen. Is his, beginning with an S, is like a st, a ST? Cooper. Cooper, never mind, Mr. Cooper. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cooper, there you go. He to go off, then the guy, the young kid. He's a real
0: asshole, is Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper's a
1: real piece of shit. Yeah. But he's, he's, listen, Mr. Cooper's having, a, he's, it's stressful, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's zombies, that's stressful, but he's a piece of shit. Right. He's the guy in the zombie who's being a piece of shit, he's rooted for everyone else. Right. He's the
1: guy. We'll get to that later about people ruining it for everything else. Let's get to it. Ruining for everyone go, else. Go, All right. Go, so go, hey, go, hey, go, hey. Go, so there's some arguments about where they stay in the basement, why they stay upstairs. They decide to stay upstairs. They find out they listen to the radio and they get TV working. There's news bulletins. They're like, well, how are they where the dead are they? coming back to life? Radiation from the satellites? Who knows? Says the scientists and leading men in Washington. We cut the leading men in Washington. You're like, they're coming back. And like, no, we're not. It's radiation. No, it's not. As generals and scientists argue. We cut back. They have an idea. Oh, the zombies don't like fire. Also, so they're like, well, we have a truck and a fuel pump. Let's go to the fuel pump. But oops, did we let the fuel pump on fire and then burn the house, burn the car, and all the couples dead? They burn in the truck. Back there, Ben's back. He lost two people out in the truck. Well, they fuck now. Let's just wait in the house. Um, that doesn't work because, oh no, the zombies start. I'm not going to say zombies because they're not zombies. The living dead start breaking into the house. And then all oh, the Ben lose. Did I mention there was a gun? Ben had a gun? Ben has a gun. Ben me. has a gun. Yeah. Ben has a gun. He finds it in the house. Mm-hmm. Ben loses the gun. Mr. Cooper takes the gun. Ben gets the gun back, shoots Mr. Cooper, goes downstairs, gets eaten by his daughter. Oh, did I mention his daughter's one of the living dead?
0: Yeah, they are protecting the daughter the whole time.
1: Yes, because like I said, she was very sick.
0: Mm-hmm. Sick with being a, being a living dead.
1: Sick. We'll talk, we'll talk about things like this. <laughs> And then she stabs the mother to death, this is one, which is, like, the one scene I don't really like because I think it looks kind of bad, when she stabs the mother with a garden hoe. Yeah. I think it looks kind of cheesy. Anyway, so then, well, we got we less people now. Now we're just down to good old Ben Ben and Barbara. Oh, but you know who's back? Johnny's back. But he's not... Here's Johnny. But he's That's not there. where that comes from. here, Johnny. He's not there to be their friend. Yes. No, he's there as a zombie to eat them. And they take Barbara away and then Ben goes back in the basement and it turns out the basement was safe all along and he survives uh, or does he because once the cleaning crew comes they they see someone walk around the house they shoot him and then everyone's dead in the end Ben gets thrown onto the heap of corpses and they all die and then the movie's over
0: it's a real feel-good M-
1: real feel good picture
0: so this movie directed by the late great George Romero yes um, starring Dwayne Jones Judith O'Day and an assortment of local I believe, Maryland actors.
1: Dwayne Jones, the, them being Ben and Barbara.
0: Ben and Barbara, yes. Uh, Dwayne Jones was also in the excellent um, pseudo, sort of uh, pseudo exploitation movie. Um, uh, if you can imagine a black exploitation movie that is the, a, a vampire, African vampire movie that is like the polar opposite of Blackula, that's the other movie he was in called Ganja okay. and Hess. All right. could definitely watch it for the podcast sometime. It's real strange. Okay. Okay. Um, George Romero did uh, has done a whole bunch of great movies. (laughs) Um, And and we can talk about this in a second, uh, including Dawn of the Dead, um, uh, the great vampire movie Martin. Um, There's a movie called Season of the Witchy, which is very good, and the uh, original movie The Crazies, which is from the late 70s. Which is, again, not a zombie movie, but sort of like a zombie movie in a lot of ways. And uh, he's famous, George Romero is famous for infusing. Um, his movies with his sort of leftist politics and yeah, and a lot like a heavy dose of social commentary but I also find his movie I, I, I think he's like one of the great horror directors of the, of the late second half of the 20th century
1: right I feel like maybe he brought like a, a certain a Night of the Living Dead let's be honest is a template for movies to come after it oh certainly especially in, especially if you pair with like Dawn of the Dead
0: you know, the thing is, like, I always considered Night of the Living Dead to be, like, a great movie, but yeah. um, not as good as Dawn of the Dead, his second his second. Right.
1: Movie. Dawn of I mean, the Dead is, like, a more polished film.
0: I, I think Dawn of the Dead takes a lot of the stuff from Night of the Living Dead and just does it better.
1: Right. Like, it's clearly being made by, an, like, a a more seasoned director.
0: Mm. I mean, it's actually, like, I guess, it's, it's almost like a remake in a weird way. It's right. not a remake, but... They just sort of do the same story over with better, more money. Yeah,
1: they're in a... They're, I mean, <laughs> they're in a bigger location. Yeah. There's more zo- There's more zombies. Are there zombies in the, Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of
0: the Dead is like a direct sequel to this movie, so it's, it's supposed to be in the same continuity. Now.
1: Okay, but so they, they they still don't use that word, right? Or do they? Do they
0: use the word zombies? I'm not do sure they, they do on Because
1: But there is the, the illusion, because, you know, the zombie comes from... You know, you know, white zombie that's sort of like voodoo, right, or or like that Haitian mythology.
0: I mean, this Night of the Living Dead is sort of the point where they stop being right. What they you know what they were in white zombie,
1: right? But I mean, that's where the word comes from.
0: Yes. Yep. It comes from I Walk the Zombie, white zombie. Yeah. Voodoo uh, puts it Zora Hurston's book. Uh, Tell my horse, I think it's called.
1: But Donald the Dead also has you know when there's no room in hell. That whole
0: yeah, well, I mean, that's but that's kicked out the same way the, the radiation is kicked out in Night of the Living Dead. Like, it's just, like, people sitting around speculating. Like, that that part comes, the digital Roman in hell, the devil walk the earth, that part comes when um, they show experts on TV just, like, basically at a loss for explaining why, dead, why corpses are digging themselves out of the grave and killing people. Right. And the the lead character of that one...
1: Says that, but I didn't he know... He says,
0: if- my grandfather told me this, whatever, like... I'll tell you why this is happening There's no Roman when
1: there's no more Roman hell, that doesn't the earth right what were you saying? I, I didn't know if that was like if that was I was trying to use that to remind myself like do they use the term zombie in that movie?
0: I'm not sure if they do or not I don't I don't know
1: so I mentioned on um, social media after I'd seen this film yep that I think it is strange that like 50 years after the fact this movie feels very fresh mhm in like a very oversaturated genre
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it is unmarred by convention. And I, I think there is a lot within exploring how convention and adhering to like developing mythology and developing genre tropes is a lot of ways more harmful than good or can definitely be. Cause then you get too committed to these ideas that like, this is how zombies work. This is their ins and outs. This is,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the interesting thing about this movie is that it, it you know, like what you were just saying, it, there was this idea of zombies before, but this movie was like, no, we're not going to do that. These are just corpses come to life and they're eating people. Yeah. And we're not going to try to explain it through voodoo or anything else. Like,
1: It's like, it's the best with by radiation.
0: And I think this movie actually, I think, I've heard this, that this, that this, this, this Romero zombie thing, is very specifically like uh, 21st century myth. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a myth that comes out of there was the zombies before, and there's like there's there's things that connect these these two ideas: the Haitian zombie and the Romero type zombie right. of the living corpse, the cannibal corpse, but what really animates the idea of the zombie is a 21st century idea of um contagion yeah and um overpopulation and it's a very like it's sort of something that really crystallized in the first half of the century like the post-war years when we were worried about um uh was it Malthusian uh you know like where you where before they did the exponential crop growth and stuff, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna run out of food." Oh, okay. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and like all this stuff, like the the Ramiro zombie was like, um, whereas the old zombie idea were really rooted in like racist ideas and and, and uh, misunderstanding of of um, Haitian culture and things like that. Yes. The new zombie is 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 rooted in like existential fears specific to the 50s and 60s. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something that the best horror movies have always sort of reflected the time in a, in a really profound way. Like, and often, oftentimes in a really um, broad way. Like, there's nothing that's really that subtle about that. But, um, I don't remember what my original point was. I guess it was just that that, that's, the, the that Romero's zombie movies starting with Night of the Living Dead and, just, and particularly Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are like one of the true 21st century ideas or you know like a lot of the other monsters in movies like vampires and other things are just like
1: I mean vampires are almost not
0: vampires are like a rape metaphor
1: right but also I don't I don't. the term's not monomyth but like the vampire is something that exists like in various cultures yeah 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 it's Absolutely. a common myth
0: it, but it's not It's not. this is like something that's, it's an old story and it comes from it comes from Things like rape, or or or, or depending on your culture, it might might be a, like the uh, like Dracula is about the other, you know, right? And that's a, that's a that's a common thing, like a very common thing for horror movies to be about. Especially in the '30s, they were a lot. They were about sweaty foreigners. They were always about some variation of sort foreigner or an other. But Night of the Living Dead is very specifically like an I don't know if you call it urban horror, but it's very specifically like. about being about being about something that's scary about the 21st century
1: right because it's also about the breakdown of society the breakdown of society yes that like when we are faced with when we are faced with overwhelming odds we just break down and turn on each other yeah and we're unable to survive together
0: and I, I don't know if that twilight zone story was first or before this it probably was right because the twilight's almost been before this, like the late 60s maybe there's a there's a twilight zone story called the i think it the monsters of maple
1: street that the, yes i'm going to say yes
0: Something like that. It's very similar in the, you know, uh, turns out the monster was man all
1: along. I mean...
0: (laughs) But, you know, it's like that same idea. Like, we have this facade of um, civilization, I guess. Yeah. But it breaks down.
1: Once stress and, like, the threat... Once a threat comes out. Once
0: the proper application of pressure breaks right down.
1: Because in in Night of the Living Dead, zombies kill like half the cast and the other half is killed by humans yeah it's like a good even split it's just killed by like over like over eagerness over action or just their squabbles mm. like Harry gets eaten but there's not saying that he's not saying that he wouldn't have just gone he wouldn't have succumbed to his gunshot wound and died that anyway. If there, even if there was no daughter downstairs, or if she wasn't going to turn into a zombie or a living dead,
0: uh, I'm just I'm just reading um, a little bit about um, the movie, and I had forgotten about uh, Richard Matheson's "I Am Legend," which came out 1954. The book, yeah, and it was adapted actually as a Vincent Price movie. Yes, 64 is the Last Man on Earth. Um, that's pretty much a zombie movie.
1: Isn't that one where he's the monster? Is that
0: well, the move the book is very much like that. Like, I believe the Omega Man version of the movie was kind of like that too, where because like,
1: that's where that's where the title comes from.
0: They're all they're they're vampires, or you know, they're they're some kind of monster. He is their Dracula. And he's the last one. He's the last human. He's killing them like crazy. He's he's, he's basically devoted his life to killing them. He's come kind of all like crazy ways to kill them. But at the end of the movie, he realizes, yeah, oh yeah, I. I at some point, I became the monster.
1: Right, I'm. I am the stuff of legends. Yeah, uh, you might say I am legend. Sure, but that—that's a—that's a vaguely different thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just reading the Romero quote. I'm going to read the whole quote. Okay. Uh, it's a couple. It's like a paragraph. So um, he says, "I thought I am legend was about revolution. I said if you're going to do something about revolution, you should start at the beginning." I mean, Richard starts his book off with one man left. Everybody in the world has become a vampire. I said, we've got to start at the beginning and tweak it up a little bit. I couldn't use vampires because he did. So I wanted something that would be an earth-shaking change, something that was forever, something that was really at the heart of it. I said, so what if the dead stop staying dead? And the stories are about how people respond or fail to respond to this. That's really all the zombies ever re- represented to me. In Richard's book, in the original I Legend, that's what I thought the book was about. There's this global change, and there's this one guy holding up saying, "Wait a minute, I'm still human." He's wrong. Go ahead, join them. You'll live forever. In a certain certain sense, he's wrong, but on the other hand, you got to respect him for taking that position. But I think I think where he says uh, the stories are all about how people respond or fail to respond to this. Yeah. I think that's um, what you were saying, and that really the movie's about people under pressure breaking down. Right. And then killing each other eventually in this movie.
1: Yeah. Whether willfully or not.
0: And I think that's basically the same thing that happens in every. of uh, all his dead movies. Like,
1: I've only seen this in Dawn. I saw Dawn a while ago. Like a long yeah, while ago. we we'll
0: probably watch Dawn of the Dead pretty soon. It, it qualifies.
1: I, I think I saw Dawn of the Dead before Blu-rays existed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I paid like $35 for my DVD. I <laughs> so should tell you how long ago I, I, I first saw Dawn of the Dead. But I've seen it multiple times, so I could probably. I can probably
1: do one on it now but Donald Dead has a more uplifting ending right they well isn't there like a alternate ending where they both die and isn't there one where at least one of them gets away um by helicopter I thought <clears throat> Oh yeah I
0: guess there <clears throat> she gets away by right. helicopter And one of oh, the two of them get away by helicopter
1: and one of them they all die
0: Yeah
1: like one yeah. gets shot one gets like caught last minute or something and then one gets like jumped into the helicopter blade
0: Mm -hmm. yep
1: that's true anyway but that's a different movie so back back if we want to go way 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 back to the very beginning of this movie and how and how this barber and they're coming together yeah so we've seen a lot of these like universal error horror movies that have come before this these creature from another planet type movies yeah that feels like a very direct reference to a type of movie like that. And, like, I feel like I know that clip out of context. And it's... If you knew a movie like, that feels like a very subversive line...
0: Yeah, I mean, the... I don't know if it was reference to the Universal movies or if it was to all the... This movie came out in 1968. So it, it actually, like, is, is after... All the schlocky old horror movies. Right. I mean, the ones you think of there's the real, like, there's the gothics in the 30s, and there's a bunch of schlocky ones in the late 40s through the 50s, when, you know, they search for the giant monster movies and all kinds of other weird shit. Yeah. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, I think that's what you're saying. It's like, even though this is a black and white horror movie, it lets you know right away that it knows it's what it is, sort of. Or it's commenting
1: on. It knows, it's, it's trying to. Say, in a sort of in a way, it is presenting itself up front as like a B movie in a way. Yeah, because a that's a scene that would be that is a line that would be delivered. It's because in the context of the scene, it's a character purposely delivering a schlocky B movie line to tease his sister. Like it's, it only takes like it's not, it's not a creepy line until. The threat becomes real. Like in the in the moment the line is delivered, it's not a creepy line. Really?
0: No, it does. It's not because it um, it's a joke. Right? Because he's joking.
1: It only becomes recontextualized later when they actually are coming.
0: Mm. Yeah, when he does eventually come to get you, Barbara.
1: And I feel like I known that the way I learned that line throughout history, or like. That has kind of been, sort of.
0: You hear when you hear reference to other things, you don't you don't understand the context
1: of it, right? And I don't think the things they're referencing it, don't necessarily understand the context of it. They're certainly not
0: conveying it,
1: right? They're using it they either, either using it sincerely or implying that the film used it sincerely.
0: Like if they're making it with almost the same reference the film is making. Right,
1: exactly. They're
0: but not but not acknowledging that.
1: Right. So they're, they're it's a weird thing where you're kind of like. Reference, referencing a joke as a joke, and it's like
0: yeah, they're actually yeah. I guess that's the best way. In a way, that's like the best way to look at it. They're just making the same joke over and over again. Yeah, it's like that that joke, which is like just an offhanded thing in the movie.
1: And like, no, that's a joke. It's like I I see sometimes when people like try and make jokes of things that are already jokes. Like, no, that's already a joke. In a lot of ways, you just took the same joke that they made, but you made it a worse joke. There's a lot of there's a lot of situations where you recontextualize – a lot of like inter, you know modern internet humor is recontextualizing things to make them funny.
0: Mm.
1: But it's sometimes it's like, well, no, this is a thing that someone made that was funny. You just used it again. And that's what a lot of things that you use that reference do. It's like, well, you're just using that exact same reference again in the same context. But it feels like that, that line has like seeped itself into pop culture to such an extent. That the person may not even realize what they're doing. Like they, yeah, I, like, I like they've the, lost the original context of it.
0: That's actually definitely what's happened. I'm pretty sure.
1: And it's become this weird sort of What well, like what's that like? Played against Sam or that Casanova. the Casablanca it's line that doesn't blanket. actually exist.
0: Yeah, it's not. A, it's Casablanca.
1: There's some line like that that doesn't actually exist, or it's a similar line. It feels like that where it is. It's been warped by history to the point where it's lost all meaning or its original meaning has been lost. Yeah. I
0: don't don't know what
1: the line is but I I know what you're saying. To the point where well I mean that's the same effect. I don't think the Casablanca thing like has a direct analog in how they people reuse it. Mm -hmm. But that people are probably sometimes think like being clever using it but like it's not actually clever because it's the same exact thing that was being done before, which I think is the importance of like revisiting history and relearning. Because this zombie movie feels so different than like zombie fiction that I know it now, and zombie fiction in this evergreen year that we're recording in.
0: Yeah, I mean, um...
1: they they defeat the zombies pretty hand pretty easily. It's just like a bunch of like amateur hunters just running around, walking around the countryside, shooting zombies. Because they're slow moving. Yeah, they're, I
0: mean, there, there's less, there's less need, I think, to make this about the apocalypse.
1: Right. It's yeah. not. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's a. It's ultimately like a very small story about like these six people. Yeah. Or I mean, eight people.
0: The Murmuro himself eventually does make it about the end of the world. Sure, but but
1: like we're talking about this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Not like Day of the Dead or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dawn of the Dead, you start, I mean, you really sort of see things break down, and the Day of the Dead, it's like there's like an outpost on an island, and then there's like, he starts making them again in the late 90s, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Island of the Dead, <laughs> and at that point, there's just like a few humans left. For sure. Um, I'm just, I'm reading the Wikipedia page, and there's a... Film story named Robin Wood, who asserts that the zombies represent, in um, their cannibalism, represent capitalists, um, and that the zombies' victims symbolize the repression of the other and bourgeoisie American society, namely activists in the civil rights movement, feminists, homosexuals, and counterculturalists in general. I mean, just based on the Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I could see them this sort of being a and the ending of the movie this movie yes being a shot (laughs) against uh, capitalism and in the way
1: or the dehuman handling of these problems
0: that just the way like the relentless consumption I guess all right but um I guess maybe not if you take that other Romero quote into context. It doesn't seem like he was consciously thinking about capital.
1: Sure, but also,
0: I do think that it was about. I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely think you dehumanize with the way he gets shot at the end. Um, I don't know if that's a that's symbolic or if it's just like he's just making a point about. Shitty people are. You know, what I it's mean? like
1: a more broader point like right. we kinda of suck. Right. Well it's it kind of like they're just they're sweeping through, they're taking care of everything. At that point they're not even looking for survivors. Like I said, these aren't these are these You're people. Just are just, hunting party. Right. They're just going around hunting. They're not even they're like he's like good shot there.
0: Yeah.
1: It it doesn't even matter at that point because it's because the threat is so easily dispersed. Once it gets, like, corralled under control for the most part, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a minor threat.
0: Yeah, it seems like
1: uh... For a long time, they call it, like, hysterical mass, like... Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria, or... Yeah. And then they're like, well, no, we have, we, now we have multiple confirmations. These are roving bands of mass murderers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is that...
1: Inexplicable mass murder. The, government,
0: the government's going to lie to you. They don't They don't want to say the corpses are coming out of the ground. Well, but then they eventually... They don't know why...
1: But then they eventually do. Yeah, they
0: eventually do. They eventually do.
1: Just the bridge. Right. They eventually do say, Oh, no, there are corpses coming out of the ground. Once they realize it's the radiation... Or they believe it's the radiation that will bring the dead back to life. Which it doesn't matter why the dead are coming back to life, honestly. No, it doesn't. And I, I'm glad that at no
0: point in any of the Romero movies is there any kind of explanation really they Because
1: it, it doesn't it's matter. The, it's
0: the cryptic, but, you know, what we talked about earlier about there being no more of an
1: hell. Right. It doesn't matter why the dead are It doesn't are matter. It's irrelevant. Because it's...
0: It's not what the story's about.
1: Right. It's not about getting mired in own mythology.
0: No. It's about how people react in these horrible situations. Right.
1: And... These the zombies are just a horrible situation.
0: So uh, we actually like we talked quite a bit about everything else that we wanted to talk about. I think in the previous uh, unrecorded episode. Yeah. You know, like Castlevania, Mandy.
1: There are zombies in Castlevania.
0: There are zombies in Castlevania. So you know, when we re-record the Hour of the Wolf episode, Hour of the Wolf slash Mandy episode. Right. I think at that point we can go back into Castlevania okay just make it like a good two hour episode
1: okay good we can talk about our plan our very important patreon plans where we have a our let's play <laughs> where we just play through the first part of saving the night over and over again not, not the
0: first part like oh the first like third game. no the Richter part just the Richter, like, part, you, just the Richter the part, part yeah the part of the beginning where he throws the glass you fight Dracula like, and he's
1: like have at you and he goes tsh.
0: and then you start running through the woods and that's it you turn the of game off.
1: no I don't even see the woods as soon These as credits right Is no the me? pic the, it zooms out the picture and then the picture burns yeah, yeah, as yeah. soon as the picture starts burning I'm hard slamming that power button we're just gonna walk every
0: month we'll play that part of the game we'll have a brief discussion of how great it was <laughs> a lot of like giggling and uh, you know uh increasingly congratulations increasingly
1: increasingly exaggerated impersonations
0: yep yep and then i will be that it's called um let's play Dracula <laughs>
1: Let's play Symphony of the Night. Parentheses, just the beginning, Richter part. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't want to sell Night of Little Living short. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But um, there's not a ton to say about it that I probably has already been said a lot of different ways. Um, it's just a great horror movie that's really, really influential.
1: Right. And it's
0: a, it's a simple story, and that's kind of the point of it. Is it's just like it's really just like a it's very it's very like uh, theater like like, um, not that it's like over the top or a theatrical but it's play. a
1: single set single stage
0: it's, it feels like a like a stage play like that you, that you could see in a community theater about people just like being trapped in a room together and like everything breaking down very slowly yeah and there's just stuff going on outside that's horrible and there's some actually some fear, like fairly gory parts from the 60s in this movie
1: right where they're just eating like raw meat
0: yeah and this is, this is on par with like Black Sunday's gore and uh, let's see, other movie that was gory in in gory, sixties. I think it was a Japanese movie that was fairly gory.
1: Maybe.
0: But um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a really solid movie that broke a lot of ground and introduced us to George Romero, who made a bunch of great horror movies after this.
1: And I think a lot of ways, released today, would break a lot of ground again.
0: Yeah, I think. I don't think. People no one's really touched them no one's really equal to of The Living Dead for the things that it does great
1: I think if you I think if this was to come out now people would go oh this is like a really stripped down subdued take on zombies yeah like this is a really interesting approach to like oh this is an interesting approach to zombie mythology
0: I mean it's like The Walking Dead that show like I haven't watched very much of it yeah but my understanding is it's like really just all about the humans right and that whole idea is just George Romero's idea, but they just decompressed it to the point where it's like <laughs> unwatchable. I would assume. I don't know. The, it's over five seasons or whatever. at, at
1: the scene? event, they had a bunch of people talking in front of the movie, and the like the creator or director of, of that show is one of the guys,
0: like Robert Kirkman or
1: Robert no, no, Robert the, the, one of the show people. I don't yeah. remember his name. They also had like uh, Doctor Dead. What Doctor Dead? Who's Doctor Dead?
0: That's the guy who made Walking Dead. Oh, Mr. Dead, please.
1: Mr. Dead, please. Dr. Diaz's his father. No, they also had like Del Toro and Robert Rodriguez talking about how much yeah. they loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I, and like the politics in the movie, like George Romero is a very political director. Right. And, you know, I, I you know, there's a, there's a black man
1: in the movie. Bullying around an old white man. Bullying,
0: Bullying around an old white, white man he gets shot and in the
1: end. He's, and he's right for the most part. Yeah. He's like, he's the rational one.
0: Yeah, the the, sim, the sort of nu- the guy who's like head of that nuclear family or whatever. Yeah, he turns out to be
1: the the real asshole. The real asshole, you know. And they talk about that at the beginning too. And they're like I, some, I forget who was mentioning uh, it. They talked about that. Man. Yeah, about the casting.
0: Yeah, I don't think. And I think the casting, from what I've read, was like not um, not meant to be a political statement. Sure. Just like Dwayne Jones was like one of the best people you could get. Right. In that Pittsburgh pe- theater scene.
1: Right, and then sometimes that's how it turns yeah, out. But, out, but but it, it, it becomes more meaningful in the context of the time. in sixty
0: eight, obviously, and even
1: today. And there's probably also things that you don't realize that, like maybe there's a lot of like that. There's a lot of that actor in a lot of different other regions who is also the best in the role, but. People aren't picking them. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And George Romero is just like George Romero isn't looking over him like right. a lot of directors probably were because like oh no this isn't who's coming to dinner we're not going to cast you yeah. as a star yeah. right. <laughs> this isn't yeah. about you being black Right. so I mean, we can't we can't cast you as a lead in this movie.
0: Yeah, I guess it is. It is sort of interesting and, and like I don't I don't know how in a historical context how revolutionary it was but it's certainly notable for a horror movie where you cast a, a black man as the lead like the view of the movie and then don't it's not about him being black at all right like it really has nothing to do with the rest of the movie in the slightest he just happens to be a black guy to start the movie yeah in a way that is pretty notable right um yeah so. and
1: it's really not that I mean I don't watch a lot of horror movies but I still feel like that's not a very common occurrence No, it doesn't seem to be no it doesn't seem to be <laughs> the only other one that I've seen like, that comes to mind is Get Out that movie a little bit more race-focused. That movie is like 100% race-focused. Oh. That's what that movie is about. Anything more to say about Night of the
0: Living Dead?
1: I liked it. I, liked it. I recommend it. Um, during the part, they I think one of the producers or the writers of the original Walking Dead... was Not the Walking Dead, fucking Night of the Living Dead. You got me screwed up. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead was talking about how they filmed the graveyard scene after the other scene. Mm-hmm. So they the actor who played Johnny played fiddle with his gloves a lot his driving gloves a lot more so there would be a stronger focus for the audience so when he comes back you know he doesn't have his glasses and oh, his, and that's his that's hair is real tussled the so the the audience would know when they see the driving glove grip the door that oh Johnny's back that's,
0: that's
1: cool so he like instinctively like like took them off and put them on more and had them in frame a lot more so they would associate those gloves with Johnny
0: this movie actually also is famous for having made a ton of money because it costs, uh, believe it or not, not a ton of money. To oh, make. really? Really?
1: A single set thing using local theater actors did not cost a lot of money?
0: Like about $100,000 to make. And then it made, within a few years, it made $15,000,000.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. And it's a lot of profit. Yes. And I don't think any of the people who you would expect are rich off of it. John, it did launch George Romero's career, like I said. And then I don't think anyone else really got a career out of it, but... Couldn't have hurt.
1: All right.
0: So <laughs> I should have said that
1: have quite a bit. Right, it could be a situation where, look, all of these people got screwed off, screwed over in this situation where one a few people made a bunch of money. But I'm not sure, and I don't care to research it at the moment.
0: All right, um, our, our podcast is sponsored by WhalingCityWeb.com. If you're interested in a website, go to WhalingCityWeb.com/podcast. For more information.
1: And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast and you don't make a subscription box.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you make something. Um,
1: that isn't shitty. Adjacent
0: to our interests.
1: Right. Which you need, somehow need to know.
0: I mean, you can always ask. Right. You know, we get uh, um, over $1,000 a month.
1: That's a, that's a number. That's more than two.
0: So feel free to reach out to me. Shit, something. And uh, reach out to me and. and ask me and I will uh, provide you with a rate if I feel it's appropriate
1: indies helping indies
0: mm-hmm. um, that's Matt at goldenhharder.com or the water method on twitter or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-817-3408 Andrew's at pizza pranks on twitter he has a website where he sells his video games that he made himself
1: uh, pay what you want prices
0: pizza pranks I assume there's lots of Castlevania
1: type games, you know Metroidvanias, I'm act- Metroids, that, Castles. That that's actually one in the in the back burner. You got yeah,
0: should I do one of the back burner? I'm
1: gonna that's what I was gonna make, but then there was like a contest for like, hey, make a game in a month with like potential five thousand dollar prizes. So I was working on one of those. That's more about wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like a wrestling RPG. It's hard to describe. But then I wanted to make a Castlevania. S game but like just all cutscenes no no it's it's about like a rude snake person and it says fuck a lot more than regular Castlevania games do I feel like that's I feel like a major problem with like our modern way of Metroidvania is they don't say fuck enough they don't have enough personality they don't have enough heart so I just want to make a rude one you know what I mean I agree. I, agree. I want to make a wild one alright so I'll look for
0: that on I don't know if there's any kind of subscribe feature on uh, Yeah, I you know. can. You
1: can follow creators. Scott, do that. Yeah.
0: Because the snake, snake uh, root snake, rude boy.
1: No, they're not rude boys. And
0: then there's like a, there's like a sort of a gentle trumpet playing
1: him
0: off.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a dance he does too. What do you call that? Bum, 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 bum. I think it's called snaking.
0: Yes, it It's very good. Um, if you like the podcast, um, I recommend leaving a rating or a review on whichever place you found this podcast. Or multiple podcast. places. Or multiple You can just seek out new places and get review, positive reviews. The highest possible review. Yeah. Don't don't bother those intermediary reviews because apparently those don't help you at all.
1: No. It you just can see those
0: five stars or ten stars or yeah. two thumbs up. The way up.
1: companies work, they only care about the highest ones. It's true. And everything everything below the highest is actually made basically a zero.
0: I, I, uh, I think everyone pretty much knows that. But yeah. <laughs> I was the Airbnb host for a while and uh, every time I got a four-star review... Like someone stabbed me in the throat.
1: <laughs> well, that's because Airbnb treats you like a stab in the throat.
0: Yeah, well, it wasn't great. Um, but anyway, I, I shouldn't say it wasn't great. I have no problem with it.
1: Hey, you know, it's that's more just
0: the whole culture of like. F- perfection. Of why, you know, why, why is War Stars bad? But, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. It's like the
0: almost as many stars as you can get.
1: Right. It's one star is less than as many stars as you can get.
0: You, you and, would think that you wouldn't, but people look at that and they're like, this house. I'm lucky to get out alive if I go to this house. Because <laughs> it yeah, had four stars. It's St. murderer's house. The murderer's dank rat basement. <laughs> I mean, I know when I look for an Airbnb or a hotel, if yeah. it says four stars, I'm like, well, I'm not staying at a four star hotel. So <laughs> I, might as, I might as well just sleep in a box <laughs> in a trash can.
1: In a raging river.
0: I might as well just take my chances on the moon. <laughs> um, so, uh, after you've left us a positive review, um, if you. Don't want to miss an episode. There are multiple ways you could go about not missing an episode. Yes. Um, there's our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, link to which is on the website. Um, yeah. If, it's facebook.com slash here.
1: Yes. Presuming your Facebook feed is buried in a bunch of bullshit occasionally in might service.
0: Yeah. I mean... Facebook's not a reliable way, but some I, people like Facebook, so yeah. I'm offering you this option. You can sure. also follow me on Twitter at the Water Method. You're supposed to do it because when they come out. I sometimes retweet them. And you might retweet them, but if I if that's I about as spotty as the Facebook feed feature. So right,
1: well, th- I'm not always watching your Twitter feed. <laughs> when you tag me, I always retweet them.
0: Okay, well, now I know what to do because um, I know they're there. If you. Um, would like a more reliable way, you can always subscribe to the podcast after you found us. So that's yeah. probably the most direct way. And there's also a mailing list on our website um, which will just email you when the new episode is up. It won't bother you with, please buy my socks. Unless I start selling socks that I might.
1: Can I tell you about my socks? Okay, so I, have some, so I have some new socks I just came up with. They're... um. 100% sock material. It's wow. this new material. I call it sock. I make these socks out of old socks or so 100% recycled socks.
0: You have to pardon me. We break some eggnog earlier, and I think I might have been spoiled. <laughs> um, we have actually have another podcast that we collaborate on. Um, it's called the Actual Play Network podcast, and it's a podcast where we Andrew
1: play role playing yeah.
0: plus other people plus friends plus friends. Play role-playing games with microphones
1: oh oh an actual play
0: and then post the results uh we take the we take a sort of edited approach to this so like we we won't release like a four hour low quality audio recording we'll have like maybe an hour half an hour to an hour
1: the last one i edited i took a like three and a half hour episode i cut to like just over an hour I yeah. am ruthless.
0: Yeah, I think I think we, the approach we take is, you know, obviously you're not going to get a role playing game and turn it into a radio drama, but we we're, we want to tend more towards radio drama than not.
1: I actually started trying to take that television's kind of approach, where like I want to get to maybe a little over an hour, even if it means cutting like actual things.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I do it all the time.
1: Like I will cut actual things just for time.
0: I, I think that I, I think that. Um, I find I find the four hour actual. I listen to actual play role playing game, and if it's something you're interested in, please check out ours. But I listen to actual play role playing games podcasts that I have in the past that are three plus hours, and I find them to be. I find, I find I definitely prefer the ones that have been edited.
1: Yes, I would, and I would say we are charmingly mid tier.
0: Yeah, I mean we're 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 um,
1: charmingly mid tier. Charmingly
0: mid tier. Yeah, we play a game. We play a fair amount of horror games. Um, I think right now we're we're. Um, we just played Puppetland, which is a definitely a horror ish game. It Had its horror moments. My throat
1: thought that voice was horror.
0: Yeah, everyone was doing horror scary voices. We did. We played Vampire: uh, The Requiem. Um, I think probably at some point we'll play Call of Cthulhu because that's a game I, I sincerely love.
1: I one of those vampire games. I was a horror man. yep yeah, I was a very bad game. man. yep yeah.
0: um, there was a, uh there's all kinds of stuff on there, and uh, if, if you like if you like horror movies, you might like role playing games. I'm sure there's non-zero people who listen to this podcast who like role-playing games, so check out Actual actualplay.network. Um, I gave you our Twitters. I gave you Andrew's website. I'm just going to remind you that our website is www.goldenagehorror.com. We've got show notes there. We've got all this information I just said there, all the links and everything. Our theme music is the Swan Lake Dub by oh, Topology.
1: Might I recommend? Now, this is always a fun tip. If you if you really want to follow our podcast, I know sometimes it's easy to forget, tattoo it to the front of your forehead. But make sure... Now, this is the part where a lot of people forget make sure you do it backwards. Because if you do it forwards, every time you look in the mirror, you're going to be, what is... No, you'll never remember. But if you do it backwards, you'll be like, oh, GoldenAgeHorror.com. it
0: just demonstrates his, his incredible ability to... Uh,
1: speak backwards. ...to
0: reverse words and speak them. like It was incredible. Yeah, um, it's
1: like, if you ever seen Twin Peaks, I can do that too. That same trick they do. I'm
0: sorry, I'm just, it's like a part of the... Sees a Twin Peaks where, like, uh, James, the guy with a huge forehead, yeah. sings that weird Rockabilly song. <laughs> about the score. I just imagine that's the thing you can do.
1: No, no, what I think is, I can do is where I talk backwards.
0: Wow. Uh, I just counted one try. Anyway, next month or next episode. Next period say. of time. Yep. Yeah. Which I think will be sooner than a month, but, you know. Hey, maybe know we'll get promises. back on
1: Maybe there's a horse, maybe we'll get back on it.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've done good for stretches before. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, it's good we do that. But we're going to, real soon, I think, re record our hour of the wolf slash maybe double episode as a special our double feature and get that out there and then after that we're going to do another Japanese horror movie called Quieten, and at that point we'll be closing in on the end of our, our European horror series
1: our international horror yeah our
0: international horror history. Japan is
1: very far from Europe
0: and we'll we're going to consider um, a few different things for after that I think possibly um a giallo horror series um I've got a couple other ideas um, and if you have any ideas, please reach out to me in the channels above, and if you have any ideas, feel free to chime them in. Do,
1: have to, do I have to go through the channels above? Yeah, go
0: through the channels above. I don't want I, don't
1: want to I get can't do it in person? Me. No,
0: I don't want that. That's disgusting.
1: What if I just pass you a note? Am I allowed to do that?
0: No. Unless you're on Twitter or an email automatically. What
1: if to... I print out an email and hand it to you?
0: Well, why don't we try it? <laughs> All right. So thanks very much for listening that website, www.GoldenAgeHorror.com.
1: You already know because it's tattooed to your forehead.